The following audio is from Summit Worship Center, pastored by Eric and Andrea Moore. For more information, please visit www.summitworshipcenter.org. Good morning. We're all doing good. Let me see if we got smiles on my face. Let me see them pretty wise. Good to see all of you. Uh, for those I haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Eric, and my wife and I would lead pastors here at Summit along with our pastoral staff. Uh, we're just so blessed and honored that you're here with us this morning. Um, I want us to go ahead. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's turn our Bibles, if we can, to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're on a, we've been on a, on a series, and we've been hanging out in this scripture, these, a couple of verses here. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8, uh, we're closing up our series on hot pursuit, on hot pursuit, looking at um, the, the amazing privilege that we have to receive and to know what love really is. Because really what the world needs now is love. But it's not the love that the world is presenting. Every person here is longing for this this love. You have a, a vacuum, this hole within your soul that only this kind of love can fulfill. And when you encounter this love, you feel full, you feel whole, you feel complete, right? But not only do you need it, every person that God has put into your pathway also needs to receive from you this kind of love. So that means if you're married, that means your spouse. If you have children, that means your children. If you have brothers or sisters, uh, they need that encounter, that this, this kind of love. That means on your job, your boss needs this kind of love. That, 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 means, that means the person that's been talking bad about you or, or whatever we call, the Bible calls them enemies. Your enemies needs to receive from you this kind of love. Now it's different than what the world says because the world says, I love you based on what you do for me. And if you don't do for me that kind of love, then you don't get that kind of love. But how many of you know that the kingdom of God is different than the world's standard? (laughs) See, there's, there's, there's no excuse to say, well, they did this and that, so that's the reason why I still, I have unforgiveness in my heart. Jesus says, no, 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 baby. Because even while you have been an enemy of mine, and you're still learning in areas of your life because there's still areas within your soul are, is still an enemy to the way of God. Come on, let's be honest in here this morning. And yet, even in the midst of it, he still freely laid down his life because he loves you. So Paul is talking to the church in, for, in Corinthians and he's talking to them about this important kind of love. And so we've been looking at this because our, our soul is not... We, we don't know love, we know lust. Because lust is all about what you can do for me. Love is all about, this, this, this kind of love we're talking about, is about laying down your life. It's about not what I can get from you, but what I can give to you. 
Amen, nobody. And so Paul is talking to the church in Corinthians and he's telling them in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he tells them this is what you need to chase after. This is what you need to pursue. Above all these other things, you've been pursuing money, you've been pursuing how many Instagram followers you can get. Above all these different things, what needs to be at the top of your list is needing to learn how to pursue love. And to pursue this kind of God-centered love, which we have been talking about called agape. Everyone shout out agape. Now, I know it's 8 o'clock in the morning, but I need, I, need your, I need your faith here this morning. Everybody shout out agape. Now, this agape love is a, is a kind of love only that comes down from above. And the reason why it's so amazing and the reason why it's so unnatural is because this kind of love is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. I acknowledge that you're imperfect. I acknowledge that you have flaws, but I'm still committed to you. <laughs> so I don't take my ball home when you leave the toilet seat up. I don't take my ball home when you're in one of your moods. Because I love you so much with an unconditional commitment that I see your imperfection and I'm going to stand with you and I'm going to believe God with you to see them imperfection healed by the glory of God. This kind of love is unnatural. It's not normal. It's supernatural. That's why Paul is saying, if we want to see this world change, this is the kind of love that we need to first receive so we can give it. This kind of love will change this world upside down. So there's this quote that I, I read here over the, this past week and I thought it was great. It says that the only way love, because we say, I want a love that lasts forever. I want this love to last forever. Make it last forever. All right, all right, here we go. All right, here we go. Let me come back, let me come back, come back. Some of y'all don't know what that is, but some of you do. Amen, somebody. We say we want this love to last forever. And I heard, saw this quote and I thought it was so amazing because it says the only way love can last a lifetime is if it is unconditional. <laughs> the truth is this. Love is not determined by the one being loved, but rather by the one Choosing to love. <laughs> what if we had that mindset that made, I'm going to choose to love you in an agape way. No matter if you're my friend, you're my enemy. So my love is not going to be based on what you can do for me, but my love is going to be based on what God has done for me. And out of in gratitude and worship to him, I'm going to love you out of what Christ has done for me. So in this, we've been looking at this text, 1 Corinthians 13, now we're at the text here. 1 Corinthians 13, verses four through eight, and Paul is giving some ingredients of this agape kind of love. What, it, what does it look like? How does it manifest itself? Paul says this, he's speaking to the church and he's speaking to us here this morning. 
This kind of love is patient. This kind of love is kind. It's what we've been looking at over the past few weeks. I would encourage you to go listen to the, to the podcast. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffering. So this is going to be our focus here today. And the next slide says this about love. It says love. It's agape kind of love. This love that your soul longs for. This world longs for. This kind of love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. This kind of love, it bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all all things. This kind of love, this agape love, it never fails. So what we've been looking at, we're going to stay at the same title we've been looking at. This whole promise, God has given us this promise that this love, when we operate in this kind of love, whatever we're in, it will never fail because agape love never fails fails. So we're looking at the promise of never. And the theme of it is this, that the greatest pursuit in our life is knowing, receiving, and being a chaser of love. Why is this kind of thing important? Why is it important for us to know love? Because love is not just a feeling. It is the revelation of a person because 1 John 4 and 8 tells us that God is agape. So until I know agape and have received agape, I can't give agape. Because it's not in your, if you have not been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, your nature is a sinful nature, which means it is a very selfish nature. So you're only going to be able to give out who you are who you is and until God changes your nature to be his nature that heart transplant that happens immediately when you say yes and and yes we're in this this process called sanctification of learning how to be like Jesus but the the thing that we have is that we have the power of God living inside of us by his grace enabling us to do what we couldn't do in our own strength and ability So you got to first know, receive, and out of receiving, then I'm able to give. Because this kind of love, it never fails. When agape is at the center, my marriage won't fail. My kids may disappoint me, but guess what? They're not going to fail because agape. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm ready to get in this thing. Here we go. Love never fails. And it talks about three things. We're going to hear that real quick. Love never fails because it rejoices. Everyone shout out rejoices. Love never fails because it is committed to the journey of all. 
And then love never fails because love never fails. First point, love never fails. This agape kind of love, this kind of love that your soul is yearning for. It never fails because this kind of love, it rejoices. Now in verse six here, it says that this kind of agape love, it says it rejoices, but it also gives a picture of what it does not rejoice in. See, that word rejoices is, it it means that this kind of love celebrates. This kind of love delights in. And a lot of times, how many of you know that a lot of times we put a stamp on love? In the church, we've said this kind of love. And we put a stamp on things that what we said what love is. And it's really not rejoicing in the truth, but it's really been rejoicing in unrighteousness. See, see what Paul is trying to do, he's trying to draw the line in the sand is that don't be fooled because this kind of agape love does not celebrate or does not delight in unrighteousness. In other words, wrongdoings. This, 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 let's talk about that first part. This, this kind of love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. Now, I know we're not going to like this part, and, and, and that's okay. But, but there's been a lot of times in my life that I would associate love and thought that God was going to bless it when the actions that was coming out of the whatever it was did not line up with his character. Yeah, yeah. See, my gossip didn't line up with his character. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. My fear didn't line up with his character. My laziness or my procrastination did not line up with his character. But I would try to associate love with something that had been saturated in unrighteousness. Yes, yes. We got to be honest with ourselves here this morning. And Paul is trying to tell us, listen, this agape love does not rejoice in. It does not celebrate. It does not delight in unrighteousness. And if you want another word for unrighteousness, it means wrongdoings. Wrongdoings. Let me, let me, let me give you a scripture. Romans 6 says this. Let's, let's read through it and let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Do you not know? Are y'all, y'all reading? Y'all looking at it? Y'all reading it? I need y'all, I need y'all to get this now. Write it down. Go over it. Because then when you come up for counseling and you're talking about why something didn't work and when we get to the foundation of what it was built upon, when you see that it wasn't built upon the character of Christ, then you're wondering why it didn't last. You're wondering why it wasn't successful. Because Galatians tells us if you sow into the flesh, the fruit of what's going to come out is that it's going to end up in corruption. That's in every area of your life. All right, y'all ready? Here we go. Do you not know 
that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves, here we go, of the one whom you obey. If you're taking notes, I need you to underline that right there. Don't nobody tell me what to do. Yeah, somebody's telling you what to do. Somebody's your daddy. And there's only two daddies. The real daddy is God. The fake one is Satan. Who's your daddy? I know we don't like it, and I don't know, but I'm just, we're going to make it plain, and we're going to make it real simple. He says, you are slaves of the one whom you obey either of sin resulting in death or the obedience resulting in righteousness. But, thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that, to that form of teaching to which you were committed and having freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now, what does it mean to be a slave? Whatever you delight in. What, what, whatever you delight in. Whatever you celebrate. That's what you're a slave to. Well, it makes, it feels good. Cool. It may feel good. It can be all wrong. But whatever you delight in, that's what you're a slave to. And I'm here to make it very plain and very simple here today. You're either a slave to righteousness or you're a slave to unrighteousness. We're either slaves to God or we're slaves to the enemy. And what Paul is telling the church here, and he says, do not be deceived. If you want to operate in this agape love, this agape love has to be built on the foundation of righteousness and not unrighteousness. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what your mama daddy says. I don't care what Eric says if it does not line up with the word of God and if it does not line up with the character of Christ, it is not truth. See, if we're, if, by, by, by saying that we are believers and we're followers of Jesus, then we're saying that the Bible which has been given to us by God, the Bible tells us all scripture has been inspired by God for correction, for teaching, for rebuke, all those different things so that we may be adequate, that we may be equipped for every good work, all those different things. That means if we're saying yes to Jesus, here is the standard. This is our playbook of how we live our life. I don't care what Trump says. I don't care what the Democratic Party says. I don't care what the Independent Party says. I don't care what whoever say. Including me. 
if what comes out of my mouth does not line up with the word of God, it's not truth. Paul says this, and he's telling us here this morning. This agape love does not delight in. It does not celebrate. It does not repost. It does not repost anything that is not building on the foundation of who Christ is. Well, well I, don't, I don't know. Well, what is it? What is wrongdoings? I don't, I don't know what wrongdoings is. I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible gives us a list of things that we can talk. Can we talk, can we talk about it here this morning? Because we, we want to know what this love is, right? In Galatians, write this down because you can look at it later and make sure that I'm telling the truth. Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. The deeds of the flesh or the acts of the flesh, the the what comes out of the flesh, the wrongdoings, unrighteousness, is this. Sexual immorality. Now, let me speak on that. Because we live in a time to where we try to say what's black and white because we know what's black and white. But now we're trying to lower the standards so we can get in the gray. Can we make it simple? Anything that cannot be done with God in the presence and the agreement under the covenant of marriage. Because some of us are married and doing things that ain't blessed because it's not in agreement. Here we go. Let's keep it going. Anything... That is not under the covenant of marriage that God can't be in the midst of is sexual immorality. Sexting, sexual immorality. God, we got some babies in here, so I can't really go like I want to go. All the things that is under the umbrella Sexual immorality. Stop trying. Let us stop trying to lower the standard to meet our fleshly needs. If God ain't blessed it, it's wrongdoing. It's unrighteousness. Okay, here we go. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery is this. When you are led by your senses, you got this insatiable desire to be led by your senses. Well, you just cannot control whatever your senses say. That's what you lead and that's what you're going to go off of. That's debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Anything that you put before God can be kids, can be spouse. Whatever you put before God is your God. And if it's not the one true God, it's an idol. 
What's witchcraft? Anything that you find to yourself being your source of identity and direction. Let me give you an example. I remember growing up and, you know, everybody used to be in, what's your sign? When's your birthday? Oh, your birthday, May 19th? Oh, cool, that means you're a Taurus. And I found myself going to see what the line, what the description is of a Taurus to be the definition of who I am. Instead of going to the one who created me, when you go to these signs, to these tarot cards, to all these other different things, and you look to them for identity, direction, you look to those things to to instill upon you who you are and all that, that is witchcraft. Ouija boards, all that kind of stuff, that is witchcraft. Okay, let's keep it going. All right, here we go. Hatred, discord, jealousy. Okay, here we go. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions. What are factions? Y'all want to know what another word for factions is? Clicks. You know, when you get a group of people and you pollute their well so much, that they see a person and when they see them, they see them through the words and the picture that you have created. All right, let's keep going. Here we go. Envy, drunkenness, that word, all right? And the like, orgies, and that word. I warned you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This kind of agape love does not delight in unrighteousness but it delights with the truth Jesus says in John 14 I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me so is your love does your love line up with the character of God does it line up does it delight here you go With this one word, integrity. Does it delight in integrity? Because agape love does not rejoice. It doesn't celebrate with unrighteousness. I remember the days, you know, guys used to talk around and we would be in the locker room and we would have some different kind of conversations in the locker room. That wasn't godly. And if you sit there and you don't say nothing, but you still sit there, you're saying something. Agape love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but it celebrates, it delights in integrity. This is why, God, we need to receive it. Because what our flesh like is dishonesty. What our flesh like is the deeds of the flesh. So that's, I need, to, I need to receive this kind of love so that I can give out integrity. 
Next point. Can we go to the next point? Next point. Here we go. Point number two. Y'all good? Everybody good? Number two, this kind of agape love is committed to the journey of all. Now, look at this verse. Verse seven says this. This agape love. Notice the, the consistent words that's in there. It bears all things. It believes all things. You, you hear the, the consistent words that's here? That it hopes all things. It endures all things. It's like Paul is trying to tell them this kind of love is committed to the journey of all things because underneath that umbrella of all things are not just the positives. Because you can't love and not be willing to have battle scars. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, Jesus said he loves you and he was whipped. He had nails in his hands. He was beaten, but he didn't come down because he loved you. He, he, it's like this great, the great theologian, William Shakespeare says this. The course of true love never did run smooth. See, see you, want, you want love, but you want it to be easy. You don't want to love. You, you, you want this worldly kind of love, but this agape love, what Paul is telling, if you're going to say, I love you, then that means I'm going to have to be committed to the journey of all things. And then they give us these words. Bears, believes, hopes, and endures. And all these things, we can look to the character of Christ and how he, he constantly is communicating his love for us. Number one, he bears all things. To bear all things is this, to cover in such a way to keep something undesirable from coming in. It's, it's like something is trying to attack and, and, and like somebody stands over and covers you to keep something undesirable from coming in. It's like when you were in your foolishness, when we were in our foolishness doing our thing and what we deserved in that moment was death. But Jesus says, no, I'm going to come in and I'm going to bear their sin. I'm going to cover them in such a way to keep something undesirable from coming in. Young people, you think your parents are hating on you. They're not hating on you. They're just trying to cover you. Number two, believes all things have this complete trust and reliance It's like, it's, like, it's like this dual thing. On one side, he knows that. He say, man, you can't trust your heart because your heart is deceitfully wicked. But at the same time, he said, man, I believe that I've called you to be an ambassador, a masterpiece, to go out and all those. He's given us this assignment to manifest his glory to this world. 
He has this trust, this reliance upon you, upon me to be a reflection. I, I, I like this. We learned about uh, even in the marriage conference that God, that our marriages is God's selfie to the world. Our marriage is God's selfie. Matter of fact, I would even say you, if you're not married, you are a masterpiece. You are God's selfie to this world. And he believes in you. He has trust in you. He is relying upon you to be all that he's called you to be. But you will not fulfill your purpose if you don't know agape love. Because this agape love believes in you. This agape love hopes all things has a vision to look forward with confidence to that which is good and beneficial. God hopes. Hopes. What if we would change the narrative of our hope instead of being negative to be this agape love? To what comes out of our mouth is this vision of looking forward to that which is good and beneficial. So you have this kind of love. There's no room for complaining. Oh, I wish I was married. Oh, I wish this, that, and the other. We're not, we're not walking in this kind of agape love. And then this endures to continue to bear up. What does it mean to bear up? To cover up in such a way to keep something undesirable from coming in. To continue to bear up despite difficulty and suffering. If my wife tells me she loves me, then she's saying, I'm committed to your journey. And I know in the middle of this journey, there's going to be some shouting times in a good way. There's also going to be some challenging times. But in those challenging times and in those good times, I'm committed to bear all things. If I want this agape love, I'm committed to believe all things. I'm committed to hope all things. I'm committed to endure all things. So when I read this, I'm being challenged every week how my love is so In my words, I was, it's so lightweight. It's light. God's love for me is deep. He's saying, I'm committed to all of it. Say, I got to ask you this question. Your love for yourself, is it lightweight? Because see, until you can receive God's love for you and you receive love for yourself, you can't love anybody else. So is my love for myself, is it lightweight? Is it committed to the journey of all? Is my love for my spouse, my love for my kids... My love for fellow man. Because we'll say this to friends. Now, if you hurt me, I'm done with you. 
That's lightweight. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna operate with agape love, now understand now uh, uh, now at some point if I, I keep giving you chance after chance after chance, now you don't want to treat me right. Then I have every right because God tells me to forgive, right? To release as a pardon, to release what you pay me, what you owe me, to release that unto the Lord. But He didn't tell me to forget because some people you need to know where they are and put them in their place. If you keep hurting me and all that, then I need to know you can't, you can't handle this. You don't, and I'm not saying this in a prideful way, you don't deserve the blessing of this. You, you do know you're a blessing, right? You, know, you do know you're royalty, right? You do know you're a child of the king. You're not trash. You are special. You are important. So some, some of you need to tell yourself that you're royalty. Some of you need to say, I'm all that in a bag of chips because you're so far on the other end. Okay. Back to the original question. Is your love lightweight? Because if your love is lightweight, no wonder there's not transformation. And we'll say these things out of fear, which really, if it's out of fear, we try to control. Agape love says this. I'm committed to the journey of all. I, I'm committed to the journey. of all. I'm, I'm giving room that if we're going to do life and we're going to do covenant. I'm going to get some scars. That's why, side note for single people, that's why you need to be careful who you make covenant with. Because if it's already the point of uh, agape love is to have an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person, there's going to be opportunity for imperfection. At least I need to make sure that this person loved Jesus so even when their imperfections show up, they know how to go to the advocate. They know how to repent. They know how to confess their sin. They're, they're asking God to change them and they know the standard is to be like Jesus. So I need to be careful before I make covenant. And no making covenant happens even before you say I do. You make emotional covenant when you give your heart. You make physical and spiritual covenant when you operate in things that God hadn't blessed. Gosh, why am I on this? Okay, I got two minutes. All right. Y'all good? Everybody good? Because the last point is this. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray and we're going we're gonna to be dismissed. We're going to pray and we're going to be dismissed. Why is it important for us to understand this? Because this kind of love, it never fails. But it comes with a sacrifice. It comes with a dying to ourself. Not trying to throw all what we learned in this marriage, but I, I just been chewing on this. They said something, they said, if in order for, for the marriage to be successful, 
every person, each person has to be willing to give up something for the sake of unity. Every, every, if you're in a marriage, if you're in any kind of covenant, you're going to have to give up something and it can't be one-sided. Both people have to be willing to give up something for the sake of unity. If I want to be like Jesus, if I want agape love to transform my life and to transform everything that he's put me in, that means I got to be willing to die to myself. I'm starting to see that Jesus is very competitive. He's competitive. See, that makes me feel good because I'm very competitive now. I need to balance it, but I'm very competitive. But Jesus is very competitive. He wants to compete with all this stuff out here to win our hearts. But he, he knew this. The only way that he can win our hearts is that he had to love us. And his love never fails. And guess what? His love was shown by the greatest sacrifice ever was that he was willing to lay down his life. As we come to the end of this, I'm asking us all, let's take this and really wrestle with it we can see how amazing Jesus loves us. That his love is patient. It's kind. Does not brag. Does not boast. Does not hold an account over us. And all the wrong that he suffered, he doesn't hold that over our heads. He, he freely said, man, if you repent, if you give that to me, man, I throw that sin into the sea of forgiveness. I don't even remember that anymore. man I'm, I'm committed to this journey of all I don't rejoice over the unrighteousness but I rejoice Zephaniah 317 talks about how, how God is rejoicing over us with songs of joy is that just for us just to receive it and keep it to ourselves it's for us to be in awe of him to allow that to change us so that whoever we come in contact with can receive and experience that same kind of love. Family, friends, enemies. We are without, we are with no excuse because we have been loved very well. God says now, don't keep it to yourself. Extend that love to someone else. Let's stand as we. If you're here this morning, you say, you know what, Jesus, as we're standing and we're coming to a close, say, hey, God, I want to love with agape love. I want to love people. I want to love my friends. I want to love my enemies. And I know even hearing this, it's going to take a work of God. But God, I'm saying Yes. I want to know this love and I want to walk in this love. 
If that's you, just raise your hand. Even raise both hands, even right now. And just out of your own mouth, just tell the Lord, God, I want to know this kind of love. I want to know you. And out of this, God, not do I just want to know you. I just don't want to keep it to myself. But God, I want every person that I come in contact with, I want them to experience agape. I don't want them to experience lust. I don't want them to experience pride. I don't want them to experience selfishness. But God, I want them to experience agape because agape is you. God, change me. Change my heart. Father, I pray even right now for all of us here. God, for all of us are in this boat. God, we want to experience this love that never fails. God, we want our country to be changed. We want our neighborhoods to be changed. We want our families to be changed. Jesus, we want to change. But God, it first starts with us knowing agape, receiving agape, and then walking in agape. Lord, only you can do this work. God, transform our heart. Yes, we know transforming spiritually, but Lord, transforming in a practical way that you give us new eyes to see. You give us new ears to hear. God, you give us a will that will bend towards the kingdom and not towards the world. Jesus, do a work in our lives. Because what the world is wanting, what they're yearning for is agape just like our soul was yearning for agape and you opened our eyes to the truth so it could set us free. Let it set us free in such a way that we will see that you're sending us out to be your selfie to this world. And we ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone say it. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Listen, hey, this week, this week, starting today, starting today, ask God, God, I want to know you. And God, I want to walk out this agape love. It's going to require work. This marriage thing, I'm sorry to keep throwing the marriage comes, but we keep, we talking about this marriage comes and everybody was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen, 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 yeah. Well, guess what? God's promise is for you to be one. But in between where you are now and God's promise is faith. What that means? Work. We want agape and we want this world to change and we want, guess what? In between the promise and where you are right now is this role called faith, which means work. Go work on your agape. work on it. Work on it at home. Be patient. Work on it. Stop. Ask God to burn up the accounts. Work on bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things. Father, help us. Do a supernatural work that only you can do. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it.
Hey, if you need prayer, come up. We'd love to pray for you outside of that. God bless you. And hopefully we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Summit Worship Center, pastored by Eric and Andrea Moore. For more information, please visit www.summitworshipcenter.org.